Welcome to Let's Review RN. My name is Bryn O'Donnell, and I'm a certified adult and geriatric nurse practitioner. I work as a cardiology APN and function as a visiting professor and clinical instructor for a BSN program. This is an independent production by myself, and I am not representing any educational institution. My goal is to deliver a condensed but robust review on topics primarily discussed in Adult Health 1 and 2 and some pieces of pharmacology of a bachelor degree nursing program. Over the years, I've learned that students have an immense amount of confusion and questions when they leave didactic, which makes applying what they are learning nearly impossible to the clinical setting. I want to break down the basics so that you can continue to build upon your knowledge and put the pieces together. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Let's Review RN. Today, we will be discussing hypoparathyroidism. Hypoparathyroidism is a condition in which your parathyroid glands produce an abnormally low amount of parathyroid hormone known as PTH, which results in hypocalcemia and hyperphosphatemia. Now to review a little, the parathyroid glands, there are four of them, are located behind the thyroid at the bottom of your neck and are about the size of a grain of rice. The parathyroid gland produces and secretes parathyroid hormone, referred to as PTH, which again stands for parathyroid hormone. So PTH helps maintain an appropriate level of calcium in the bloodstream and in tissues that depend on calcium for proper functioning. The parathyroid gland is stimulated when your body has low calcium levels. So normal calcium levels are 8.6 to 10.0 milligrams per deciliter. The normal function of the feedback loop is when calcium levels fall below that normal range, so less than 8.6, the parathyroid gland then releases PTH to stimulate an increase in calcium by acting on the kidneys and the bones. The kidneys play a role in this feedback loop by responding to increased levels of PTH, which cause the kidneys to reabsorb calcium and at the same time excrete phosphate. So PTH also activates vitamin D, which allows calcium to be reabsorbed by the small intestines. The last mechanism of action that PTH has is that it stimulates osteoclasts, which is a type of bone cell that breaks down bone. This is important in the maintenance, repair, and remodeling of bones. When PTH stimulates osteoclasts, this then stimulates the process of bone resorption, which means osteoclasts are stimulated, resulting in the breakdown of tissue in the bones, which causes a release of minerals into the bloodstream and a transfer of calcium from the bone tissue to the bloodstream. So to tie this all together, in the normal negative feedback loop, normal levels of calcium 8.6 to 10.0 milligrams per deciliter would result in the halting of further PTH being released from the parathyroid gland, thus stopping the cascade of events. Now let's talk about causes of hypoparathyroidism. The most common cause of hypoparathyroidism is damage or removal of the parathyroid gland or glands. This can occur during neck surgery, which is done to treat other conditions like thyroid disease, which a thyroidectomy is completed, or surgery for throat or neck cancer. The thyroid gland and parathyroid glands are in such close proximity and share the same blood supply that damage can easily be done to both when attempting a thyroidectomy. 
It can occur from an autoimmune response where the body attacks the parathyroid glands, resulting in hypofunction and hyposecretion of PTH. Sometimes patients can develop hypoparathyroidism from a hereditary standpoint where they are born without parathyroid glands or they don't work properly. Extensive radiation to the face and neck can cause damage to the parathyroid glands, causing decreased function. Also, low magnesium levels can disrupt the function of the parathyroid gland. Normal magnesium levels are required for the proper production and secretion of PTH. And lastly, there are also some cases where the body is resistant to PTH. So the parathyroid glands are producing adequate PTH, but the kidneys and the bones simply don't respond. Now let's talk about signs and symptoms of hypoparathyroidism. So these patients will present with tingling or burning in their fingertips, toes, or even lips, tetany, which is muscle contractions or cramping in your legs, feet, stomach, or face can occur, twitching or spasms of your muscles, particularly around your mouth, but also in your hands and arms and throat. Uh, This leads me into what is found to be a positive trousseau's or a positive Chvostik sign. So Chvostik sign is a clinical sign of hypocalcemia, which consists of twitching of the muscles innervated by the facial nerve. So to assess for this, the facial nerve is tapped in front of the tragus, which would produce contraction of facial muscles, ipsilateral, meaning the same side that you're tapping. This is due to hyperexcitability of the nerves from low calcium levels. Trousseau sign is a clinical sign for tetany in which carpal spasms can be elicited by compressing the upper arm. So this can be done by using a blood pressure cuff, which is inflated to cause decreased blood flow to the nerves distally or down the arm. And when this blood pressure cuff is inflated, it can cause spasms or contraction of the fingers and the wrists below the inflated cuff, which is a positive trousseau sign. Now, when we talk about treatment options for these patients, we will often see calcium replacement via IV in the hospital setting. This is done with calcium gluconate, which is administered via IV or intravenously. We want to be sure we are monitoring these patients extra closely if they are also taking digoxin because calcium can increase their risk of developing dig toxicity. Oral calcium with vitamin D is used to help with absorption of calcium in the gut. We need to be sure to educate patients taking calcium and vitamin D supplements to take them with plenty of water and observe for flank pain as there is a risk of kidney stone development. We also want to be aware that constipation can occur. It is also important to note that calcium supplements can interfere with iron and synthetic thyroid hormones such as Synthroid and that they should be taken at separate times. With magnesium supplements, we want to make sure that we are maintaining an appropriate magnesium level to ensure proper support and available magnesium for the parathyroid glands because they do depend on magnesium for production of PTH. For some patients, thiazide diuretics can be beneficial to slow the loss of calcium in the kidneys. And there's a newer drug on the market that is used in patients who cannot control their calcium levels through other forms of treatment. This medication is called Natpera, which is a once-a-day injection. In order to treat elevated phosphate levels, patients can be given phosphate binders. 
so that the medication will cause phosphate to bind and it, this happens in the bowels and it will be eliminated through the bowels as well. So it's best to take these after a meal. So now let's talk about nursing interventions for these patients. So what do we want to be looking for and monitoring for in these patients that have hypoparathyroidism? First, we will monitor calcium and phosphorus levels. So normal calcium level, again, is 8.6 to 10.0 milligrams per deciliter, and a normal phosphorus level is 2.7 to 4.5 milligrams per deciliter. We will monitor their airway due to side effects of tetany, which can cause contraction or cramping of the muscles in the neck, which can limit their airway. It would be important to keep a trach kit at the bedside for these patients. Patients will also be monitored for seizure activity. We want to encourage these patients to consume a diet high in calcium, such as dairy products like yogurt, cheese, milk, ice cream, kefir, as well as dark leafy green vegetables such as spinach. And patients should be directed to consume a diet low in phosphate, which means avoiding soft drinks, meats, nuts, seeds, and eggs in excess. Thank you all for joining me today in reviewing hypoparathyroidism. Remember, you can always find me on Instagram at handle Let's Review RN, where I try to do daily education tips on various topics, whether it be what we're reviewing on the podcast this, this week or just something out of the blue that comes to mind that I really want to educate you guys on. And if you have time, I ask that you please rate and review this podcast as your words may be just what the next listener needs to hear to come and review with us. This podcast is for general information review purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or nursing. The use of this information or any materials provided by Let's Review RN are at the user's own risk. This content is not intended to be a substitute for educational teachings through students' educational institutes or organizations.